This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. This week on Meat in Three, we're embracing the spooky spirit of Halloween, from zombies to witches. We're exploring the odd, the occult, and the taboo in the world of food. There are restaurants with no storefront shrunken down into hundreds of square feet versus thousands of square feet. No servers, no hosts, nobody taking your order. The rats in the sewers are now smelling, all of a sudden, fresh food molecules. And those rats were like, holy cow, follow that scent. Tune in to Meat and Three, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Cutting the Curd. I'm Jessica Kesselman, and I'm very excited for my first episode to be joined by David Gremmels, president of Rogue Creamery. Rogue Creamery produces award-winning organic cheddars and blue cheese in Oregon, including the world champion winner from the 2019-2020 World Cheese Awards in Bergamo, Italy, just a year ago. I'm talking about Rogue River Blue, of course, an organic pasteurized cow's milk blue cheese wrapped in Syrah grape leaves, that have been steeped in pear liqueur. And that's the short description. It was the first time a cheese made in the United States has ever won this top honor, catapulting this seasonal cheese with very limited availability into extreme demand. The win came shortly after the wheels for this year's release entered the aging caves. And those wheels recently hit the cheese counters in this country and is available now. But the year in between has been full of challenges, some expected, but many unprecedented. David, thank you for joining me today on Cutting the Curd. Jessica, it's truly an honor to be on Cutting the Curd with you today. And always fun to talk about American cheese and certainly in season, one of my favorite cheeses, Rugger or Blue. It's an honor. And what's interesting is when we were getting ready to record, you mentioned that you have been on Cutting the Curd before, although it's been several years and quite possibly discussing the same cheese, Rogue River Blue. And I do want to mention um, that for me, it's interesting because the first year Rogue River Blue was made was also my first year working as a cheesemonger. So we have a lot of history together. Um, <laughs> we do, and, um, we do. That goes back a number of years. I remember yeah. that first release in 2003. Wow, that was um, just certainly um, nail-biting and white-knuckled, um, wrapping a natural rinded cheese in grape leaves soaked in pear brandy at the time, mm-hmm. that was Brandy by Clear Creek. I was nervous, and I'm so glad you <laughs> got um, a wheel or two of that on that first release. Uh, um, mm-hmm. That was uh, uh, it, it. Really put not only 
um, Rogue River Blue in the spotlight, but American Cheese Making in the spotlight in 2003. Yeah. And didn't you win Best Blue Cheese in the World at the World Cheese Awards that year? Yes, it was Best Blue and Reserve Champion overall. So it's wow. been a journey. Uh, and from there, it just really launched into exporting Rogue River Blue into the EU. And mm -hmm. uh, ironically, um, we weren't able to export raw milk cheeses into the EU. Though we are importing them, there was not a health certificate established to export raw milk cheeses into the EU during that time. So I worked with um, my Congress people and senators to do that, to create a health certificate with the FDA and USDA to export the first raw milk cheese made in America into the EU. And it was quite a celebration in 2008. So have your uh, cheeses been available in Europe since that time? Yes, they've been consistently available uh, through uh, fine retailers from the UK and France um, into Spain, uh, all over um, the EU. Yeah. And as we know, um, you know, 2020 has been a year like no other. And, you know, it, it's, it feels like 2019 September, October of 2019, it feels like it was ages ago, so much has happened. But if we can just go back to one year ago, almost to the day when Rogue River Blue won that top honor at the World Cheese Awards, uh, what still resonates for you about that moment? And do you have any new thoughts about that win now that you have some distance from it? I'm sure you've talked a lot about it over the last 12 months. Yeah, and you know, it feels like yesterday, and I still haven't quite absorbed um, the meaning of this recognition, nor have I really settled on the ground. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it really catapulted me into the atmosphere. Um, quite an exciting moment um, mm -hmm. to be out with my herd at that time and to receive uh, phone calls from a judge of note, um, Kathy Strange from Bergamo, mm -hmm. Italy, and also a FaceTime from uh, Jason Hines, a uh, cheese uh, um, person of note as well from Niels Yarderi. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, to um, pick up that FaceTime and to hear those words from Jason saying, David, you did it. And uh, it just didn't sink in. It's like, I did what? <laughs> you won. <laughs> and he flipped his phone around to show me uh, the judges uh, cheering over 260 judges from around the world. And uh, I was just filled with joy and certainly trembling with excitement and could only think of calling my team and congratulating them. This is a cheese that takes uh, a community to create from uh, certainly our, our herd in Grants Pass to our talented dairy team in Grants Pass, Oregon, to uh, a fine biodynamic organic vineyard growing the biodynamic Syrah grape leaves for us in the Applegate 
and uh, to our talented cheesemakers and our offenors. It's a cheese that uh, really starts its journey two years in advance of hitting the shelf um, in creating the pear spirits to handpicking the Syrah grape leaves and to um, then creating the cheese and then uh, nurturing the rinding of that cheese in our uh, man-made caves that have been operating since the 30s and then wrapping those wheels uh, with those Syrah grape leaves and tying them off with raffia that has also been soaked in the pear spirits uh, and then allowing those flavors to meld. It's really a cheese that represents the landscape of this beautiful area I live, the Rogue River Valley. It really is a cheese that's very much a reflection of that part of the country. And you also, um, you talked about the time it takes and the planning uh, that goes into making every year's release of Rogue River Blue. And I was wondering, um, you know, last, so the cheese in 2019, that one in 2019 was made in 2018. Correct. Yeah. And now for people who are tasting it for the first time, who, pro who very likely could not have gotten their hands on um, a wedge of the, the award-winning 2019 release and are tasting it for the first time, uh, you know, they, they're actually tasting wheels that went into the cave not long before your win. So it's I was, so true. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, I was doing some research in preparation for this interview and I was reading the New York times article after the world cheese awards that talked about how you had actually made an increased amount of rogue river blue for 2019. It was a little, uh, uh, fortuitous and also really you know, maybe it was a, a bit of a, of a good omen that you made more and then won. So there was more available for people who wanted to try it. What, um, what are some of the conversations you, you have when you are planning how much to make? And what were some of the conversations you had about, um, well, 2020 cheese was already in the caves, so right, you couldn't right. really... You really couldn't adjust based on the win uh, to make more. So, so what what were some of the conversations and planning that took place after the win and um, going forward from here? So, Jessica, as you know, um, we create Rogue River Blue while our cows are grazing, and so mm -hmm. uh, really um, focused on the weather and um, uh, hoping that we have an elongating, elongated grazing season. And so um, fortunately in 2020, that was a reality. And I would say because of climate change, um, we really didn't hit a hard frost or freeze till later in the year. So we continued actually to produce Rogue River Blue um, uh, until the hard stop of the winter solstice. So my goal is really to create it in that window between the autumnal equinox, September 22nd and the 21st of December. And um, that's dependent on uh, 
um, the weather and the growth of our pasture. So assuring that we can still um, rotationally graze our herd and maintain the health of the pasture and the soil health. And certainly um, when the pasture freezes, uh, it's time to bring the herd into um, our eco cow palace, uh, um, which is a large uh, um, pavilion where we feed the cows um, native uh, locally grown grass uh, in that short window of time, about two months in the Rogue Valley. So it's pretty moderate climate. So uh, we did benefit by an elongated um, growing season. And unfortunately, I'm seeing that again this year. Uh, we are in a drought situation, so we really need that freeze. We need those rains. And um, I'm very hopeful that we will see those for our um, environment. Um, as you know, uh, we deal with wildfires each year, and uh, this year was a horrific wildfire season. I know we'll talk about that later, but uh, mm -hmm. so we're hoping for rains and a heavy um, 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 winter so that we can um, build our reservoirs and our water tables. Um, however, uh, we're still grazing, still creating Rogue River Blue, and um, it looks like uh, we'll continue to um, keep those cows on pasture for at least another few weeks, if not um, another month or month and a half. And so it's the amount of Rogue River I create is dependent on the number of days our cows are on pasture. And so with uh, climate change, uh, we're seeing our seasonality stretch. And so uh, less winter and, and certainly more grazing time for our cows. That is uh, one of the um, interesting and I think um, universal attributes of cheese making, you know, that lends itself to the larger conversations about our environment or climate change. Um, and about, you know, when we talk about uh, seasonal seasonality, seasonal production of food, um, you know, being able to, to look at things that we do every year and how those things change and the impact of the environment on, you know, it ever, however small, um, when you can go back and start looking at, wow, you know, something that I used to do in September, now I can do it in October. And, and now it's starting to creep into November. And um, those pieces of information really do impact, you know, so much, so many conversations, not just about cheese making, but into, you know, climate change and climate science. Um, it's just fascinating to me. We could do a whole other Actually, it's a little bit about a, my future, a future episode. We, we <laughs> we'll certainly be could. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, yes. It's, a, it's a, a very good topic to discuss and, and certainly uh, the effects of climate change and the effects mm -hmm. it has on food and, and certainly um, the effects it has on rainfall patterns and water tables and uh, 
our reservoirs. Uh, uh, our water comes from the great Rogue River. Uh, so it, it, the water is plentiful for our pastures. However, um, there are farms and dairies that are challenged because they're on uh, irrigation districts. And so that water is limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I think this is a, um, actually, we're just going to take a quick break right here and then, uh, and then we'll come back and keep talking about this. And I would like to ask you about the wildfires. Um, so we are just going to take a break for um, just a half a minute and then we'll be back to talk some more with Dave, with David Gremmels. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conté. Conté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. And we're back here at Cutting the Curd with my guest, David Gremmels from Rogue Creamery. We're talking about Rogue River Blue, the triumphant win at the World Cheese Awards one year ago, and the year in between then and now, the tumultuous year of 2020, I wanted to specifically ask you, David, about uh, the Rogue Creamery team and how you're all doing since the wildfires in September. And the um, threat of danger, has it passed? Thank you, Jessica, for asking. And um, thankfully, the team is safe. Uh, the herd is safe. Um, however, we have four team members who lost their homes uh, near uh, our farm here in Phoenix, uh, Oregon. So uh, it's just, it was a devastating wildfire. And, uh, and, and certainly the news has, has shown that um, the origin of the fire is suspicious. So that's really even more heartbreaking um, added on to the layers of, of just um, loss and uh, sadness and uh, and uh, devastated landscape. Um, and in that landscape, 
uh, we lost over 3,000 homes uh, from mm -hmm. Ashland, uh, Talent, Phoenix. Uh, and then in addition to that, there was um, a, another fire, the Obenshin fire that um, was occurring about the same time. But uh, September 8th was a nightmare for our community. And uh, it was certainly too close to my farm. And uh, my heart goes out to those that are impacted. Um, there are a number of individuals impacted in our community. Um, and uh, certainly there's a lot of outreach that's happening through a number of not-for-profits and uh, those not-for-profits that uh, we're engaged with in, in helping those that have lost everything is the United Way of Jackson County org, roguefoodunites.org, which is a real interesting not-for-profit that is under the umbrella of the United Way of Jackson County.org, um, where uh, restaurateurs and volunteers have come together to feed the community. And um, nearly 3,000 meals are being prepared uh, per day by nearly 30 restaurants. So, um, and, and that's just a monumental um commitment and uh, it's a commitment that fills our community with pride and and certainly the world central kitchen is playing a part there too and red cross but it's really about the local growers producers and makers partnering with uh, restaurateurs that are getting the meals to those in need and uh, the um, southern oregon arm of um, the Oregon Food Bank, access.org, has been incredibly helpful. That's accesshelps.org. And, uh, and at Rogue Creamery, we created a Rogue Creamery Wildfire Relief Fund through GoFundMe for our four team members and uh, helping them get uh, enough funds to reestablish uh, themselves and their homes. And uh, fortunately, uh, being a agricultural-based business, we we had uh, some homes that we were able to quickly convert as interim housing for our team members. So um, that that was helpful. But again, that's a short-term solution because these people really are committed, and uh, we're committed to helping them reestablish themselves in our community and build their homes. So um, the number of um, organizations that I've shouted out that uh, for those listeners, if, if you care to help us um, and help our community rebuild, those are great not-for-profits to uh, support. So I, I can only imagine the wildfires on top of um, you know, the COVID pandemic, and uh, the impact that that is having on communities and businesses just really compounded uh, recovery on several levels. I know that, um, uh, for, can you speak a bit about the impact of the COVID pandemic 
on rogue creamery, uh, either on, you know, on the people and on the business, particularly uh, distribution. What, what has it been like um, for you? Jessica, it's, uh, it's been a year like no other. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot in 2008 with the recession, but uh, I never thought I would experience something um, like this that truly halted our business in March. As you know, we prepare uh, um, for a year in advance to create one of the great cheese festivals um, mm -hmm. that's celebrated uh, um, by many from all over the world. And it's the Oregon Cheese Fest that occurs the third weekend of March. Uh, and uh, COVID hit um, the week prior and uh, we had to halt that festival. We didn't have to, we just made a conscious decision to halt it. We felt that that was the best decision to make for our community and for our guests so um, that have supported it over the years. It, it brings in nearly um, 10,000 individuals annually. So, so um, we did um, uh, put that festival on pause and noticed immediately um, uh, a halt in our sales. Uh, and as you know, we're connected to our own dairy. Uh, so milk continues to flow in to the right. creamery. So we've continued to uh, create uh, fine cheeses from cheddar to blue and uh, continue to build our reserves. And as you know, um, Rogue River Blue and uh, Crater Lake Blue and Oregon Blue and our Jefferson Cheddar and Tuvel Cheddars continue to get more delicious with time. So we have a lot of great age underneath those uh, cheeses. The pivot for us was uh, moving from um, bulk wheels and bulk blocks, wheels in the blue cheese, semi-soft category, and a block in the semi-hard category, the cheddar and tuvel category, and um, moving into exact weights and providing exact weight cuts for uh, retailers. And we saw an increasing demand there that has continued to build over time. Um, and you also have an e-commerce part to your website. Have you seen um, anything, any changes with people ordering directly from you or online sales through other online platforms? Yes, so we've seen an exponential growth in our um, website orders, roguecreamery.com, as well as at our cheese shop, too. Mm -hmm. So um, really, our, our growth started locally, and uh, um, it's, it's, it's continued to build, um, meaning our business was built locally, and uh, those dedicated customers continue to come into Rogue Creamery as well as those traveling the I-5 corridor because we're only a mile off of Interstate 5, which runs from San Diego to British Columbia. Um, and uh, so they're at exit 35 in Central Point, Oregon. So the store continues to do a robust business. Uh, we have a lot of protocols set up. Um, for our visitors and 
um, uh, of course, uh, masks are required as well as sanitizing one's hands when coming into the shop and then we're facing our customers and uh, our cheese shop, our historic cheese shop there at 311 North Front Street. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Jessica, the number of web orders has just continued to skyrocket. I'm just astonished each day and uh, um, just thankful and thank you to all those uh, customers who have uh, been devoted to uh, American cheesemakers and um, and certainly Rogue Creamery uh, during this period of time. We could not have made it without the support of um, internet buyers. And uh, mm-hmm. we had um, a good inventory of Rogue River Blue available on our e-commerce site and and still do so uh, the inventory is there and um yeah and available so <laughs> well i am news. hearing from across across the country and and also um from my neighbor who i i brought a, a little wedge of rogue river blue to um this this release is phenomenal it just, it really is just tasting absolutely incredible. Um, and I, you know, people ask, what do you pair it with? And the answer really is nothing. You know, mm. you just, you just taste it and experience it. And just, there are so many flavors and, you know, it's just best, it's best just to eat it alone. Um, maybe pair it with something lovely to drink, but um, it really is just, it's just a really, really beautiful cheese right now. Um, Thank you for those words. Yeah, it's again, it's um, created from passion. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I created this cheese uh, again when you were just starting your career in yep. cheese uh, in 2002 and launched it in 2003. And, and in cheese making, we just do minor changes and refinements um, throughout um, the process of making it. And certainly I have nearly 20 years of refinements and uh, it does, it continues to get more focused in flavor. Um, And when I say flavor, uh, everything from the brightness, the peppery notes of the uh, blue, to that balance of salt, to mm-hmm. that expression of Himalayan blackberries and huckleberries and um, those lovely Oregon morels and truffles, that umami flavor is just so rich. And then it has that incredible expression of milk chocolate about the center of the paste from the, the center of the wheel to the rind. There's just this lovely softness of milk chocolate and some say even a hint of vanilla and then as you move towards the rind you get that flavor of toasted hazelnuts and um and then as you taste the rind which is right underneath the uh Syrah grape leaf right you're thinking oh i'm gonna get that flavor of Syrah grape leaf and that flavor of a pear liqueur but now you get these savory notes like cured mm-hmm. bacon or seared steak fat and 
where that flavor of the Syrah grape leaf and the pear liqueur come into play is right at the center of the wheel, at that center of the wedge. It's so um, remarkable. Uh, many talk about tasting Rogue River Blue in quarters, as I've described it, from the center of the wedge to the rind. Um, I like to actually just take a cheese knife and just lightly glide it over the top. And uh -huh. um, then as you do, I like to taste it alone. So I'll just um, swipe that deliciousness on my finger and taste it. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I just take like a spreader knife and I just scrape the surface of the wedge and then I just slide my finger right off the butter knife and mm. just, yeah, just like, ah, uh, like cookie dough, you know, you just, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like take it and just lick it right off my finger. And it does, it has that fudginess um, yes. to it too. And then I have to just express the texture because not only do you have the creaminess, but you have that fudgy note and texture, but you also have those bruchite crystals that come through and the calcium phosphorus crystals that just hit the palate and just melt immediately. And you just think, wow, those are loaded with sweetness. And uh, there were really no flavor. It's just about the texture. And I think it expresses the flavor around it. So it really surprises uh, <laughs> people, but it's, yeah. it's really um, about aging it. It's about um, the acid in the cheese to create those crystals. It's part of the Rogue River magic. And um, and please don't forget to taste those leaves because we handpicked those leaves. Um, and Jessica, you were there picking with us one year, if I recall correctly. No, and, I didn't. I couldn't make oh, it. I'm no. I, one of, I was supposed to go this year. <laughs> Okay, as, as many okay. as many know, the American Cheese Society conference was supposed to be held in Portland this this summer, and it was canceled because of COVID. and And you and you at Rogue Creamery were planning kind of like an open house, a like large. a big harvest dinner, and um, eat in the a field. Lot. And at, I, was that going to be at your home? Yes, it was. It was going to be along the Talent Irrigation Canal. And we're going to have um, banquet tables and just a lovely farm feast. We're hopeful that we can do that in 2022. I believe that's the goal for ACS to come back to Oregon. So um, well, my I, fingers I, are crossed. Everyone, you heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> Mark <Yes>. your calendars. <laughs> Get ready to go visit. Um, I do want to make sure we talk about um, before we end. I, I know, you know, you just described this cheese with such passion and it's not just a passion for the cheese, but also for where you live and uh, for the people you work with and the animals. Uh, Rogue Creamery is a B Corp. And I would love to hear, you know, what does that mean to you to be a B Corp in the, in the midst of the impact of climate change, and the pandemic, it seems like B Corps have an important role to play right now. Can you talk a little bit about being a B Corp? 
Yeah, it's um, we 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 do. We have an important role right now in our community and providing that community with sustenance, and we're doing that with cheese. Um, and we're proud to be a part of Rogue Food Unites and Access and distributing a um, thousand pounds of cheese every other week uh, to support our community. But what a B Corp is, it's um, a group of businesses international that are create that have been created on the premise of um, using business as a force of good. And at Rue Creamery, we use our business as a force of good one wheel at a time. So that is having a positive impact environmentally, socially, and economically. So really having an equitable approach in all that we do, but also having a positive approach that impacts our community in a positive way the environment in a positive way and, um, and, and having a healthful, positive impact with our cheese. Um, to take it a step further, um, we've created a new brand for Rogue Creamery called Oregon Table Cheese. And this cheese is being created for our community and other um, um, events that we can help make uh, a sustainable difference by providing cheese and 100% of the proceeds donate um, causes having a positive effect um, for individuals and for organizations and communities. So we're really excited to launch this new cheese in 2021 and is that that's something that will only be available locally to oregon or is this something that goes national i it's focus jessica is going to be mm -hmm. local to start oh, that's great and mm -hmm. then we'll refine its template and and see how we can share its template with other cheese makers and that's so fantastic. right that's the key to success and sustainability. Um, you give a mm -hmm. template to another business and help them in refining it and improve it and create a personality in that template that fits their personality. So, um, and, and their style of business and, and their values. So um, we're really excited about um, launching Oregon Table Cheese and, and and using those proceeds to make a difference in our community. And certainly we'll be looking beyond those borders as um, we move forward um, in this project. Well, I guess that's when we have you back on to talk about the Oregon Table Cheese Project and maybe even with other cheesemakers from other parts of the country who take up the challenge. Because um, that sounds that sounds fascinating. It sounds like a great place to end on this day before election day. Um, mm, when yes. um, so, I need to make sure to remind everyone to go vote <laughs> if you haven't yes. already. Go vote. Uh, but David, I I could keep talking with you. Yes, uh, there's please. so many topics we didn't get to uh, that I would love to 
invite you back for another another interview um, in the near future to talk a little bit more about what's happening in Oregon and about Rogue Creamery. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today on my first interview. I couldn't imagine a better guest to start this Cutting the Curd journey with. Thank you. I'm truly honored. Uh, it was really a lovely uh, time to spend with you, and I'm honored that this is your inaugural interview. So <laughs> I, I look, yes, I look forward to returning, and I echo your sentiment um, and applaud you for asking people to go vote. Um, and this vote in particular is an important one for our country and our democracy, so please vote. All right. Well, thanks again to everyone for listening here at Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. Stay healthy, stay safe, and go vote. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.